What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Make it a part of your daily routine. It's five days a week, free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday. So start your day, listen to Lockdown Blazers, and then tell your pals to do the same. Make it their first listen. In today's show, we're talking all things Trail Blazers Summer League. The Blazers, this is, you are listening to Wednesday, July 6th show. And the Blazers Summer League season kicks off on Thursday evening, July 7th, when they face the Detroit Pistons in Las Vegas. The, the Portland involved in the, the two-game two Thursday night showcase to kick off Summer League. We'll get our first glimpse of Shaden Sharp playing in his the most competitive game he's probably ever played in. And 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 a couple others, you know, another seven other players will be on the Blazers roster very likely on opening night. So we got a lot to. There'll be a lot to take in this week, uh, and I think the first couple games of summer league are always are always super fascinating. The first weekend, first, you know, every team gets four games, and I think uh, I think the first two at least are always are always super super interesting, and then maybe teams do things a little bit different. But before the entire league descends on. Vegas and really they do like if you're I, I said this on a previous podcast but I'll say it again if you're planning a trip to summer league in the future go early go the first weekend uh go right away because that first weekend the whole league is there and you'll just like be walking around Vegas and um you know Joe Cronin will be there and Daryl Morey will be there and and uh it's like and also like LeBron James and Damian Lillard like the whole league um is briefly in Vegas and it's um it's a fun it's a fun time but I want today's show to be kind of a primer on what and who to watch uh tomorrow's show day of on Thursday we'll have like specifics on what I want to see from the guys you know Trenton Watford and Greg Brown and Shaden Sharp uh Keon and 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 Didi and Jabari Walker and and Brandon Williams the whole the whole gang um who's who are going to be on the team in the in the fall or likely to be on the team in the fall kind of what what we want to see from the roster guys uh but this one is just like a primer what to watch how to watch it how I'm going to watch it how I encourage you to do so so here's what you need to know this is your this is your what you need to know primer for Trailblazer Summer League first they're going to play a minimum of four games or a minimum of five because they're going to play four and then uh uh they get put in the bracket and it's a whole tournament, but you get four games prior to that for seeding purposes before the summer league championship. Uh, the, the, the league of, over the last like four years, it, like it's maybe over the last eight years, summer league has become a thing that some teams participate into everybody. Um, so it's, it just, the event has, has gotten much bigger. And so they've now created, you know, a, a whole tournament with the whole crew, but the Blazers play Thursday against Detroit, Saturday against new Orleans, Monday, they play the Knicks. And then Wednesday, they will finish out their seeding games against Houston. Uh, you know, I, I think Detroit is, is pretty intriguing, right? Like they, they got some fun young players, uh, assuming that, the crew plays, you're going to see, you know, Cade Cunningham and, and Jaden Ivey. And it's, it's, Detroit's going to be really, really intriguing. Um, you know, Jalen Duran, um, they'll be fun. But the like this matchup specific stuff is so much less important in summer league because you don't really prepare like that. You just like run, you run your stuff, and if you're getting shellacked, you get shellacked, and it is what it is. It's not, it's, it's not like low level basketball because these are all pros. Like even the guys, the non roster guys, the Blazers bring in, they're pros. Or people play play professional basketball in other parts of the world or in the G league. Um, but like, it's just, it's just not like highly organized. Um, and some teams come in and they're like, 
you know, bullies on defense and other teams are like really sharp on offense. And, and then they're like, just aren't, they aren't there on the other side because they spent their seven summer league practices hammering their offensive execution and they're just not there on defense or vice versa. So that those can be, those can be pretty fun, but I don't think it's particularly telling. Um, I think that's going to be a theme of the show that I don't think you really learn a lot from summer league, but you can get the glimpses like the glimpses happen for sure. Like you can see it. You can, there are some moments where you're like, okay, that's, that can be something. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little more close to show, but the Blazers, uh, for a variety of interesting reasons, they got a lot of dudes who are going to be on the roster on, uh, like on the actual NBA roster, which is not always the case for a team that, um, fancies itself to be good, uh, which Blazers, you know, uh, they plan on being a playoff level team. They got seven dudes who'll be on the team on opening night. Two two-way guys in, in rookie Jabari Walker and and uh, and and Brandon Williams, who was a rookie last season entering year two with the Blazers. But, you know, Shaden Sharp, uh, Blazers number seven overall draft pick. He's the big headliner and everyone everyone will want to see. But uh, Trenton Watford, I think, is... is someone for sure to keep an eye on uh, because his growth is going to be really important to the Blazers this year. Obviously, Greg Brown, the third key on Johnson and Dita Luzada. Like that's five roster dudes in Sharp, Johnson, Luzada, Watford, and Brown. Like that's, that's a lot. That's a big chunk of the end of the Blazers bench. That's uh, maybe why I've been screaming for them to clean up the back half of the roster because I got a bunch of summer league dudes. Um, not that like summer league means you're bad, but summer league means you're young and still need time to grow. There's a reason they didn't, you know, there's a reason that some young players specifically don't get sent to summer league because it's like, hey, it ain't worth it. Like, you know, last year there was... There was never a plan, apparently, to send Nazir Little to Summer League, but he that the reporting suggested that maybe he graduated out of it. But really, it was just like, hey, practice a little bit with the team, and we're not going to send you because he was already ready. Uh, you know, Anthony Simons kind of graduated out of it after after a couple years too. If you're if you're there in year two, you're there because you need the developmental minutes, and it's and there's some value in you just going and playing and getting some run in. Uh, the there isn't an opportunity for anyone who is not on the roster to make the team. Um, the Blazers just over the last few years have not added guys from the summer, from the summer league roster. Like even when it was in the past, it was like Kenneth Freed and Michael Beasley. And there was some people saying like, Oh, maybe they're going to add one of these dudes. I never, I never thought that was the case. And just like, it hasn't, ha- hasn't been how they operated, but this year specifically, the Blazers just don't have a roster spot for someone. Like if someone blows up on summer league, um, it, you better hope they're already on the roster because if it's a if it's a, one of these free agents that the Blazers have filling out the rest of their summer league team, um, it's there's no there's no space for them in Portland. They currently have 15 players. You know, by the end of the week, they're going to have to make a decision on on Eric Bledsoe one way or another. So they're going to have 14. But like, there just isn't there's not a roster spot for one of these guys. So um, the back half of this of the Blazers. Uh, summer league roster with Luca Garza, former second round pick of the Pistons and Josh Gray, George King back for a second stint with the Blazers in summer league, Craig Randall, uh, Romello whites. Like they just, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, they're just, they're just not quite there along with a uh, Colby Ross, the last name on the list. Uh, they, they just, there's not a spot for them. They're not a spot for them. Not that they like, you know, one of them might show a little something and get a job somewhere else. Like these are, it's a job interview for all these folks. Like not only is the whole NBA there, but there's a bunch of other sort of international scouts and things like that. Like people can play themselves into some money in another location at summer league for sure. It's why guys go. Cause it's a chance to get out there and play in front of NBA teams, in front of G league teams, in front of, um, you know, scouts from overseas and in China, et cetera. Um, overseas being Europe, like China also across another sea. Uh, but like international teams for sure. Like it's, um, 
yeah, like there's there's opportunity for them, but there's not really an opportunity for those gentlemen on the back half of the Blazers roster. So your eyeballs are going to be on those five: Sharp, Johnson, Lozada, Watford, and Brown. I'm going to be watching. I'm really excited to see Jabari Walker play. Really, really interested to see what he's going to be like. And Brandon Williams and Blazers, another two-way guard who had some pop, but is like a an emergency point guard for the Blazers as as they currently stand. That's who's on the roster. Let's talk about in the second segment, like how I watch summer league, uh, sort of the the process for how I watch games that, admittedly, are a little can get a little bit ragged. Before we do that, let me tell you about how to win an NBA Jam machine, Arcade One Up, the leader in home retro arcade games is bringing back the best game ever, NBA Jam, but even bigger with the NBA Jam Shack Edition machine. Uh, I loved NBA Jam as a kid. I wore it out at Take 10. Shout out to University Mall in Chapel Hill where I where we played a whole bunch of NBA Jam. Uh, eventually played it on the consoles when it came there. Like it's been a, it's been a part of my uh, my basketball game uh, maturation, and I, I'm excited to play it again with uh, ArcadeOneUp.com. If you don't want to, uh, if you don't want to get NBA Jam, or you want to just add more to your home collection, they're also selling a bunch of other uh, arcade classics: Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, a bunch of other stuff, starting at just $399. But the big thing here is that you can win a free NBA Jam machine. That's Arc, and you can just. Go Go to the website, arcade1up.com, arcade1up.com slash locked on, arcade1up.com slash locked on. Go there, enter your email address. You've got until July 8th, the end of this week, and you'll be entered to win a free NBA Jam machine. Check it out. All right. So we know where the Blazers are playing. Four games. We know who's on the roster. Uh, I didn't mention this because I skipped it in my notes, but Steve Hetzel, Blazers assistant, is going to be the head coach of the team. Uh, I like when the head coach, I like when assistant coaches get to be the head coach because you kind of get to see a little more of their personality. Uh, You know, back in the day, there was like maybe some Stott staffers that were uh, not always as vocal, got to lead the the summer league squad, and you get to see them kind of what they'd be like if they're in the head chair. Uh, It's not the same because you're not doing crazy scouting reports and stuff, but you're drawing up plays, drawing up a handful of ATOs, maybe four a game, uh, which is fun. And you're getting guys in it organized a little bit. It'll be, um, you know, Hetzel, who's been an assistant coach and, and worked on coaching staffs around the league uh, with Cleveland and Orlando prior to Portland. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what the, the guy they call Coach Hetz. It'll be interesting to see what Hetz has in store for the Blazers. Uh, so much of Summer League is about knowing what to watch like i mentioned up front like some teams are just like wildly disorganized on offense or just like not connected on defense and you just like see a team that doesn't look like they have it so so much of what you're watching is just like individual actions how does a guy come off a screen and read the defense does he stay tight to the screen with when he comes off uh does he come off with his eyes up and does he see the backside like does he look to the opposite corner and read the defense or does he just see the rim and get downhill now that is like subtle stuff but that's like the challenge of summer league you got to watch actions not plays and you really got to ignore the results all the way around i think that's like the biggest lesson of summer league and something i want to stress briefly the box score and the wins and loss stuff do not matter. One of my favorite Blazer legends of all time is Pateri Kopanen, a Finnish guard who played on the Summer League roster with Jared Bayless. And he was killing. He was, Kopanen was killing in Summer League. Killing. Looked like, looked like a future NBA stud. Uh, and at the time, 
I worked at a restaurant in Northwest Portland. I was, this was like pre iPhone and I was a bus boy and I would harass my co one coworker who did have a smartphone to refresh his phone on break so we could check out the box scores because I was all in and I couldn't watch the games. One, they weren't on TV 15 years ago, whenever that was. And two, uh, like I was at work, I was getting people bread and water, <laughs> but like I, I fell in love with coping another box score. Dude never played a minute in the NBA. I still love that guy in my heart, but like the summer league box score doesn't mean anything. Uh, in addition, in 2018, the Blazers won the summer league championship. Uh, that team was really fun and they had some players and, you know, Gary Trent Jr. And every time and Caleb Swanigan and Zach Collins, like some, some dudes who played in the league literally the next year. But like, it wasn't a, it was other than it being very, very fun. It wasn't like super meaningful for any of those dudes. It's not like the guys who sort of like, blew up there it was like okay a bunch of pros right like the games and the box score mean very little so you gotta you gotta watch for actions and i think there's two ways there's two different ways to watch the actions and i think this is this is kind of the important like i don't know pass first point guards guide to viewing summer league one you watch how they do stuff how do they come off screens with the ball how do they come off screens off the ball how do you know are they are they keeping guys in front on defense? Are they being competitive and being physical? Are they defending without fouling? You're watching the little actions. How do they do the little micro stuff within the game? That can be hard to do, particularly on television, because sometimes Summer League broadcast has like a picture-in-picture -picture interview, or uh, they're not showing the game because they're showing you like a poorly poorly conceived idea of one of the team's rosters with like just like straight up in, incorrect financial information uh one of my favorite traditions of nba summer uh but like it's hard to do on tv so that, that's like easier said than done but th that's like the easiest if you are lucky enough to be in the gym that's the way to do it and if you like really want to get your amateur scout on but if you're watching it's like how does you know how does shade and sharp operate if he gets a switch does he pull out and and you know, pull the big way away from the rim and take his time? Or does he attack quickly before the advantage can come? Like little stuff like that. Or if it's not broken plays, if it's more like if the ball swings quickly, does does Greg Brown shoot it without hesitation? Like stuff like that. Does he just, does he get it and put it up? Is it like, are the little actions, the little things you just want to see, are they there? I think that's, that's like st step one, right? Do, do they, do they repeat, do they, do they run some stuff that is repeatable when they get in the game. And for some for some guys, it's like, okay, if Trenton Watford plays, he's going to be like a pick and roll guy. Uh, like if he's on the plays when the games count, he's going to play a boatload in summer league. If he plays when the games count, he's, you know, pick and roll guy, decision maker in, in four on five situations coming out of a pick and roll, dribble handoff stuff. Like how does Trenton Watford run pick and rolls? How does Trenton Watford run dribble handoffs? Like that stuff is translatable to the league. Uh, you know, how does Greg Brown do as a spot up shooter and a spacer. And then when he's not that, how does he do as a slasher? Cause that's kind of what Greg Brown, if he plays, Greg Brown's going to hopefully be like a three and D forward. Um, the, you know, the, the shooting has to come around, but like that, that would be what Greg Brown's role is. Uh, for Keon Johnson, like aggressive defender and, and like some pick and roll decision-making is his decision-making with the ball in his hands. Good for, uh, for D Luzada. I'm not hundred percent sure what his role would be, but something like a three and D wing, like he's a, defender who doesn't have a lot of off the dribble juice for Shaden Sharp. It's like, does, what does he do as a primary guy? And what does he do off the ball that you could see him translating to the league? It's like, I am 
truly fascinated to see Shaden Sharp. I have not been very excited for Blazers Summer League in many years. I am excited to watch Shaden Sharp play basketball, but it's translatable stuff. What do they do now that would translate to their role in the NBA? I think that's like an if you like the little action stuff's hard on TV. So what do they do that's translatable? If you see a skill that they do, okay, how would that work in the league? Kind of like put in your mind's eye. How would that work if they're on the court with Dame and Ant and Nurk? Like what, what would their role be? And do they do stuff that excelling in summer league that they could excel on the big roster once they get to the big game? The other thing is like the exact opposite of that. Who is taking Summer League as a chance to expand their stuff? Uh, This was like in the previous regime uh, with the Blazers, but one of the things they would do is if they would convince a third-year guy to go to Summer League, uh, none of the roster guys fit this exactly, but if they would convince a third-year guy, Jake Lehman, Alan Crabb, to go to Summer League, they would be like, go be the best player on the Summer League team. For AC, for Alan Crabb, it was like, go run a a ton of pick and rolls and go be like a ball-dominant, high-usage, best player on the team type of guy, a role you'll never have in... when you, you know, when the games start for real, but as entering year three, you know, go take that jump and take that and, and be that sort of guy. Uh, they try to get it. Same thing with Pat Connaughton, same thing with Jake Lehman. Uh, I don't think either Lehman or Connaughton really like grabbed that role as well as AC did, where he kind of just played himself out of summer league. They sent him home after a couple of games. He actually got a quad injury and they were like, yep, you're good. Get out of here. You play, you played well enough. No need to heal. Um, but it's like, some of it is, um, for guys like say like Trenton Watford, he probably has some rotation minutes probably next year. Like on night one, I, I would anticipate at least with the way the Blazers roster stands right now. And certainly a lot could change even by the time I press publish on this dang podcast. But like right now, um, as I'm recording this on a Tuesday evening, I, I anticipate Trenton Watford being a contributor, uh, like a night one contributor for the Blazers. But on summer league, like in addition to okay, he's going to run pick and rolls and dribble handoffs, DHOs and 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 pick and rolls. What if Trenton Watford just becomes like a grab and go guy? Just grabs like he does that in the league. But if he just does it even more, he's like a high usage shoots, pull up jumpers, gets to the rim. Like if he just does more, expands his game. If Greg Brown takes this opportunity to really expand his game, if Keon Johnson sees summer league as a chance to be like, hey, this is a guards game, baby. I'm going to show you what I got and shows off like more of what just allows to expand uses use this opportunity and the sort of freedom that the style of summer league allows to expand what you do that's those are the two ways it's like really translatable stuff and stuff that is totally not translatable but you're seeing more of what a guy's got what else he's got in the bag i think those that's in many ways the the coupling those two things hey when he's had opportunities he expanded his game and did this and this and this and when he didn't have opportunities he just played within what his like typical role is going to be those are the most successful summer league stories speaking of successful summer league stories there are dudes who have taken off in summer league and turned into stars their name is you may know one of them damien lamont ali lord a former summer league mvp there are dudes who have taken off in summer league and have not been NBA players. The guy who was co-MVPs with Damian Lord, who we'll talk about in the third segment. Let's 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 talk about the differences in good summer league versus good in the NBA and what a quiet versus bad summer league really means. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and the spot where you're going to find more lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. You can bet on all NBA Summer League games on Bet Online. All of them. Every single one of them. Beginning Thursday and running for about three weeks, you can bet on every single NBA Summer League game. If that 
doesn't suit your fancy, you're going to find whatever other sports you're looking for. Major League Baseball rolling along all summer, golf, tennis, combat sports, uh, both North American soccer leagues, the MLS and the NWSL, uh, whatever it is, whatever whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it on Bet Online. So don't wait. Go take advantage today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let me take you in the Wayback Machine. Shout out to Terry Kopanen. That was the super Wayback Machine. Let's, let's fast forward a little bit. In 2012, Damon Lord was great from the moment he stepped on the floor at Summer League. He got immediate comparisons to a young Derrick Rose, who Derrick Rose just coming off Rookie of the Year and or the MVP season and Rookie of the Year. Before that, like he was getting comparisons to that level of NBA player, right? Like the, 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 the reigning MVP of the time. And they were right because Dame was very good and won Rookie of the Year and has since been a multi-time All-Star and named one of the NBA's 75 greatest players. And it was clear early in Summer League. It was clear early in Summer League. The burst to get to the rim, the shooting. He was a really good athlete. He crammed all over Keith Benson. Shout out to my man, Keith. Um, he was he was good right away, and it was immediately immediately translated him to being good right away. He had freaking 22 and 11, I think, in his NBA debut against Kobe, Steve Nash, and Dwight Howard. Like, he was... He was good in Vegas, and then he was good in Portland, and it was real, and you could see it in Summer League, and it was easy to point to and say, I saw this coming, because if you watch, you could see it coming. He was that special right away. He was six pick in the draft, and he's ready to go. He was co-MVP of the Summer League that year with a man named Josh Selby, a Memphis Grizzlies player at the time. Josh Selby was never a good NBA player, basically barely an NBA player, but he killed it in Summer League. He killed it. He was great. He was Damian Lillard level good. He led the summer. He led summer league in scoring. Some dudes just go off. It is a guards game in summer league. Like it's just so much easier to be a guard. You have the ball in your hands, and it's not particularly structured basketball. So if you get to dribble across half court, you get to make a whole bunch of decisions, and you can make the decision to shoot it. It can be hard to tell the difference between Damian Lillard and Josh Shelby. The task is not to differentiate and say, Selby, 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 Dame, 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 when you see someone to play well and like identify what's real and what's not. The task is when you're watching is to not overreact. It is so fun to overreact. And I will. Like I'm literally, I'll probably call Friday show overreacting to the Blazers first summer league game. Like, <laughs> but I'll try to overreact within reason. Because sometimes you get a Selby. Sometimes you get a Dame. Most times you get a Selby, quite frankly. Most times guys who show out in summer league are okay. And guys who are going to be stars in the league don't necessarily have monster summer league games or have monster summer league moments and then kind of disappear. Summer league isn't for, you know, I remember Andrew Wiggins' summer league. He was awesome. Uh, He was really clearly very good. Anthony Bennett was not. So sometimes it's obvious. And that's like like for back-to-back number one overall picks for the Cavs. I remember when I was there. But there are times when Nikola Jokic was kind of like fine in summer league, but clearly had a bunch of skills. And then by year two in the NBA, he was like, oh, this dude's going to be really good. He's now a two-time MVP. Like it is just, there are so many different stories of guys being good in summer league and not being there. Selby's versus Dames. 
you got to take some of the production with a grain of salt. You absolutely have to take some of the production with a grain of salt. And it also works in the reverse order. And let me be clear. There is a difference between being bad at summer league. Like, you know, when you see it, bad decision-making, a bunch of turnovers, you foul out like Greg Oden style with 10 fouls, you struggle versus quiet. Quiet is not necessarily bad. Quiet just means you didn't, it didn't fit in. Like that's why it's like, ignore the box score. Hey, the, the summer league's unorganized. It's not a lot of dudes who pass. You don't get a lot of practice time. It's just like, it is what it is. You didn't get opportunities. You were quiet. Quiet is different than bad. So some of the differentiating you're doing when you're watching summer league is differentiating, hey, he didn't, he didn't seem to do much versus like, he played poorly. Um, I think that can be hard to hard to do, but I think that's a, a thing to think about is like, at the end of the game, if you look at the box score and like, he had six and four? Huh? But if you, it's very different to being like, dude had 15 and 15, like had a, like a monster double-double. But I don't think he was very good. He grabbed a lot of rebounds because he missed his own layups, like that type of stuff. Like you really gotta, you really gotta try to put all of this stuff in context because the box score and the, that stuff doesn't matter. And because some guys blow up and they blow up because the summer league is made for them and they get hot. And some guys blow up because they're Damien freaking Lillard. Um... <laughs> You know, uh, Steph was also very good in Summer League. The stars are sometimes very good. You know, this was pretty darn good in Summer League? Jimmer for that. <laughs> There's a lot of stories. A lot of stories. And particularly it happens with ball handlers. Dudes who get to dribble. Get to get to be special. That is, that's that's kind of how it works. Um, I, I think for me, what I want to see from Summer League is guys take steps forward in their, like, add new add new tools and add new things, more so than I want to see the shots go in. Like, if they do something new, oh, okay. Uh, think about, or if they show a, a skill that makes you say, I didn't know he could do that, you kind of put it in your back pocket. And I want to close with this. Last year, I had no idea who Trina Watford was. No idea. I don't really watch college basketball. I knew he was an undrafted free agent. Like I knew his bio, right? Like, cause I've hosted a daily podcast, but I would never seen him play before. Uh, maybe I'd seen him play part of an NCAA tournament game, but like, I'd never, never clocked China Watford at all. In his first summer league game, he's just like a big dude. I didn't realize he was that big and he could handle, like he could clearly dribble. And I said to myself, I believe it's even on wax. You go back and listen to the podcast if you're looking for it. But like, I was like, oh, I didn't know Trent Watford could handle that's like had a handle like that at his size. That's intriguing. That's all I said. And then we moved on. It was like a 15 second clip or maybe like, maybe I spent two minutes on, on Trent Watford. Hey, Blazers undrafted guy, more skills than I thought he would. Interesting. Turned out Watford's interesting skill set and size really proved to be valuable in the league. Like he, he was, he probably wouldn't have contributed under some sort of normal circumstances with the Blazers, but they had abnormal circumstances and he earned himself an NBA contract because of his skill set. That's the kind of way to, in some ways, look at what's going on with this team. If a guy shows you a little thing, you don't have to overreact. I mean, you can, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but like, it's, I think it's more valuable to file it away to say, oh, I didn't know Keon Johnson could do that. Put it in your back pocket and think about it when it comes to regular season. Remember when Keon did that thing? I'll close with this other story too. Uh, I'm going to keep it anonymous because I heard it from someone who in the league. There was a player who played in the league, uh, the high draft pick type. We're sitting on press row. An NBA executive is sitting on press row right behind us because that's the way it works in the smaller gyms is you're right. You're kind of right in the mix with them. 
And I'm watching the game. We're watching the game. I thought, I didn't think anything of it. And the NBA exec says, we got a special one. Shakes the coach's hand, head coach's hand, and walks off. It was a game that I watched that I thought was unremarkable and not meaningful. Blazers won. The other team wasn't particularly good. The player in question was had a kind of a totally normal first-round draft pick type summer league game, not anything meaningful. But the dudes who really know the league saw the little stuff. The way this guy came off screens, the way he got shots up, the way he got loose to get to his own offense, they saw the little stuff. The challenge is for you to be an NBA executive like that. See the little things, see the little skills, see the development, and try to think about how it translates to the league. That's easier said than done. And it's so much easier when you're sitting courtside and you have 35 years of NBA experience because certainly I didn't see it in year, year five or whatever covering the league regularly. But it's there. And Summer League's there and that's what makes it fun is there's little stuff you can see that can translate to the league and you can see the future. You can see guys take their first steps. It's going to be a lot of fun. The person I am most excited to watch in Trailblazers Summer League is Shaden Sharp. It's going to be on Thursdays. It's going to be the most competitive basketball games probably ever played. The highest level basketball games ever played. I don't know, most competitive. Highest level basketball games ever played in terms of talent on the floor. I want to see him wreck it. I want to see this dude blow this whole dang thing up. I want to see him be the best player on the court. I want to see him dominate. That's what I want to talk about tomorrow's show. So come back for that one. I want to talk about specific expectations for specific guys. For Shaden Sharp. For Trenton Watford, for Greg Brown, for Keon Johnson, for Didi Luzada, for Jabari Walker, for Brandon Williams. For the seven Blazers roster guys that are going to be on the team in the fall or likely to be on the team in the fall, let's talk about their specifics and a whole bunch about Shaden Sharp. I am so excited. I hope you are too. So come back and make and make Thursday show your first listen. Uh, you know, check Locked on NBA. They got, we're going to have a whole crew of folks from Locked on Podcast Network that's down in Vegas, and they will have you covered for everything you know across the league. So check out Locked on NBA. Make that your second listen. Come back and listen to the shows the rest of the week, five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Oh.